Welcome to Advancing All Women with Sarah Alter, President and CEO of Next Up. On this show, you'll hear top executives and experts talk the most pressing topics of the moment for women in the workplace, including key issues that affect the advancement of women, creating better workplaces for women of color, DEI and B solutions, and more. Now, here's your host, Sarah Alter. So it will be five years ago, this coming June, that I found my why. And I accepted the role of CEO and president for the Network of Executive Women. And as all of you have heard by now, we have rebranded to Next Up. One of the many blessings which comes with this journey has been the people, the people that have come into my life because of it. And I was thinking about this the other day. I met more people in my first year alone at New than I had my entire life prior to that year. And I am no spring chicken. And that is just, that's incredible, right? And each new person I meet is as amazing as the last. So today I am joined by two of these amazing people that I've met. And I and I deem them to be just inspiring. And I have no greater joy than being able to partner with both of them. And, and you're going to see why after our, our lively chat today. Um, one of the great aspects of this uh, partnership with Voice America is that I get to shine the spotlight on such individuals as um, today's two guests. And, and in particular, you know, so excited to have them on because their lives and their whys align with mine. They are clearly dedicated to serving others. They are servant leaders, and they are truly enlightened, and they're genuine male allies and two of our bigger supporters. And if you could see them, you would see they are wearing next up garb. Oh, and like myself, they are hosts of a podcast, The CPG Guys. So full transparency, you probably hear a bit of a rasp in my voice. Yes, I caught COVID. Um, and I'm in the thick of that brain fog. And so if I wander off incoherently, fear not. Um, our two guests are even funnier, more energetic, even more entertaining. Quite frankly, they'll just take over the show. So don't worry. <laughs> I'm so excited for everybody to meet them. And you're going to quickly hear why you should not only be listening religiously to our podcast, but now to theirs as well. You need to have two podcasts on your list. So without further ado, um, I am joined by Sri Raja Gopalan, and I've been informed by his, his partner that he only goes by the name of Sri. He is like Cher and Madonna. So from here on out, you are Sri. And he has an incredible career. He's built and led omni-channel activities at iconic consumer goods companies like J&J, PepsiCo, and Revlon. And then Peter V.S. Bond, who I've been informed goes by PVSB only. So from here on out, you are PVSB. 
He equally incredible career, noteworthy, established his extensive loyalty and data expertise at companies like Dunhumby, IRI, CVS Health, Priceline.com, and now more recently, Fetch Rewards. And like I shared, both are incredible partners and supporters of Next Up. And what they do together is they engage with industry luminaries to educate their audience on all things omni-channel. So gentlemen, welcome and good morning. Hey, Sarah, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I uh, couldn't be better. Great to be here with you and my partner in crime, Shri. I know. Good morning, Shri. Top of the morning to you and to all of your audience, <laughs> and uh, congratulations on the five years, Sarah, and I hope you feel better. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, as as they say, and as I, my audience has heard me quote my mother, I can't tell you how many times you power through. All right. Can I just tell you a funny story before we kick off? Um, I was in a panel yesterday, and one of the panelists said she was asked to give advice you know, to the younger generation. And she said, be bold. She's like, I've, I've told that to my two daughters and, um, you know, and they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, they've heard it 89 times over from me. She said until one day, one of my daughters comes home and she had gotten be bold tattooed on her wrist and she'd been dying for a tattoo. And I told her, Nope, can't have any tattoos. And she figured that if she tattooed be bold, it'd be okay. <laughs> so if my kids are listening, I want to see you get that power through tattoo. Okay. All right. So moving on. Um, so um, Shri, why are you here today? Tell us about your personal and professional journey as a as a supporter of Next Stop. You've had an incredible career. You're a podcast host, but you're a busy man. Why spend this next hour with us? That answer is actually very simple, and it's one straight sentence, Sarah. And that sentence is, at this age and stage in life, when you get more mature, and you're lucky enough to take the elevator up in life, you realize your number one role and duty in life is to send that elevator back down so others can ride on it. The key word is others, not other. That's why I'm here, Sarah, so I can give back. And I can uplift as many people as possible on planet Earth to experience the same good fortunes that I have been able to. That's as easy as it gets. Career goes pretty straightforward, Sarah. Went to school at Virginia Tech. Got recruited on campus by a market research company called IRI. There's only two real big market research syndicated data companies in our universe, IRI and Nielsen. Moved up all the way to Norwalk, Connecticut. Fun days when I was in my uh, (laughs) early 20s. And um, I would drive to purchase New York to be an on-site at PepsiCo every single day. And then an opportunity opened up uh, when PepsiCo had its headquarters then up in Somers, New York, which is about 20, 25 miles uh, north of the um, purchase. And um, that opportunity was to be an on-site dedicated to the beverages business, as opposed to being a PepsiCo on-site for IRI. Nobody wanted to drive the extra 25 miles each way. I raised my hand. I got the job. 
and um, a few years later, PepsiCo said, hey, why do you work for I? I come work for us. Right. And we can be doing the same thing. And probably one of the, if I look back at my entire career, uh, no ding on IRI, no ding on PepsiCo, no brownie points for either of them. But I think moving from a service provider to an actual manufacturer meant a wealth house of learning that I've accumulated over the Absolutely. last two decades. And yeah. um, that was a single yeah. changing point in my career. And pretty early, I also realized that, uh, that if you volunteer for stuff other people don't want to do, and you just refer to a tattoo, be bold, life's going to be all right. And it's probably going to give you a few right. tips. So I spent a decade at PepsiCo through the beverages system first, moved down to Texas, did a little bit of IT, then Frito-Lay in the dollar drug and convenience channel. Um, my then manager, Vivek Shankar, who now runs Albertsons, he was the chief customer of the role that I play now at General Mills. Uh, he kind of gave me the opportunity to start up e-commerce. I didn't know anything about digital. I didn't know anything about e-commerce. Little would I, um, I was a little miffed, to be honest with you, that I had done something wrong with my career, little, like, little immature. Little would I know that getting into e-commerce would actually define who I am in the CPG industry oh, and I would start a podcast. So I kind of owe that to my mentors for kind of yeah. putting me in that situation. Uh, then I wanted to move back to the Northeast. Johnson & Johnson found me. That was uh, Princeton, New Jersey. Loved coming back to the Northeast. We always wanted to live in New York City. Mm-hmm. Kids, myself, my wife. Revlon found me, uh, one New York Plaza, literally the first building in New York as you approach from the south, 50th floor views to uh, bucket list views that you walk into the office and you just enjoy all day long. Mm-hmm. And um, right about when COVID hit, um, I left to start my own brand, Zenfuel, called my buddy at 20 years and said, do you want to start a podcast? And the rest, as they would say <laughs> in a textbook, is history and nowadays what life is all about as i'm in my day job with general mills as chief customer officer is working with retail um ensuring our relationship with retail the shelf both online and offline are healthy Mm -hmm. and we can deliver for our consumers and uh, we're also having a ton of fun and cpg guys but again sarah let me close this out by saying the mission remains the same whether it's Mm -hmm. cpg guys or whether it's the day job at General Mills, mm-hmm. it's how much can we give back? Mm-hmm. How many people can we take forward with us? How many doors can we open up? And who can we who can we make elite? In that journey, Sarah, over yeah. 15 years ago, I had a unique opportunity working for the then president of PepsiCo, Al Carey. We had, we had started diversity Absolutely. groups for the first time. Yeah, And Al Carey was the executive. I'm naming names today. How about that, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Al Carey was the <laughs> chief executive sponsor for the PepsiCo Asian Network. So I got this opportunity to pretty much float the PepsiCo Asian Network across all divisions of PepsiCo. Became the chair for it by default and stayed there for a good seven to ten years helping the different Asian networks come together, operators won. Mm -hmm. We did some epic things together. We were able to get PepsiCo's first external recognition as employer of choice for Asians through Diversity Inc., the magazine, through the Asia Society. We created business for PepsiCo, you know, added performance with purpose. Mm -hmm. That was Mm -hmm. Indra Nui's famous word. 
and helps bring business in from the Asian American Hotel Owners Association, the National Alliance of Trade Alliances, which was 7,000 C stores, mostly Pakistani in nature, Korean American Grocers Association. Next thing you know, we're getting awards for PepsiCo. But the most important thing I remember doing there was working with HR to create a specialized training program for 35 identified employees. Twice a year, we rotated through them, built in to the career progression systems at PepsiCo. So it was, again, Mm -hmm. performance with purpose. They were good outcomes. Finally, Sarah, I'm also the proud recipient as a result twice of the California Legislative Assembly. Um, Fortunate enough to receive an award from them for being a Asian uh, business advocate of the year twice over. And of course, needless to say, several times the uh, Harvey Russell Diversity Award Chairman's Award winner, PepsiCo as well. And you asked right up front, why am I here? It's so that all those things can come together to give back. You're so worthy of that recognition. Oh my goodness. And yeah, no, it, it's, I've, I've had the pleasure to meet and partner with Vivek and Indra, but sadly had never met Al, but, um, but oh my goodness, what a distinguished, um, you know, path of serving others. I love that. Thank you, Shri. All right. Well, PVSB, let's hear your journey and story. <laughs> so this morning at 7 a.m., my three-year-old daughter came down the stairs into the <laughs> living room, looked at me and said, you're sitting in mommy's chair. No. And she pointed at the chair I usually sit in and said, move. <laughs> so if, if, I've, if I've done a good job enabling my daughter to feel comfortable having a voice, I'm totally okay with oh, that. Oh, she is a leader and I love it. <laughs> oh, she's ferocious. She tells she tells her daddy exactly what she thinks whenever she wants to. In any event, um, thanks for having us on, on the show today, Sarah. You know, you and I met on the rooftop of the Merchandise Mart a couple of years ago <laughs> at uh, what was then Network of Executive Women and a networking event. I think we've been in conversation ever since. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad mm-hmm. we could extend it to today. I met Sri. He mentioned he was his first job after grad school was at IRI up in Norwalk, Connecticut. That's where I met him. I was running East Coast retail grocery operations for IRI. And while Sri left to join PepsiCo and go the brand route, after IRI, um, a couple stints with them, I moved to Cincinnati in 2010 and joined Dunhumby. At the time, they had a strategic partnership with the Kroger Company, and that was actually where I became aware of Network of Executive Women. It was a big part of the commitment that both Dunhumby and Kroger had to the community of vendors and uh, the audience that was in the Cincinnati area supporting Kroger. And it clearly aligned with my background. Um, We'll talk probably a little bit about that later. Uh, But I carried that with me wherever I went. I spent four Mm -hmm. years at Dunhumby. I moved to uh, Majestic Woonsocket, Rhode Island, where I spent three years working on the extra care loyalty program at CVS. As Shri likes to remind me, no matter what I do for the rest of my life, 
what's going to go on my tombstone is I'm the guy responsible for the six foot long register receipts you get when you buy a <laughs> bottle of soda. So there's nothing I'm going to do to avoid that. Um, I, I, I left them in, in 2017, moved to Chicago. I spent uh, a year at a company called Spins, which is in the IRI ecosystem, really around okay. health and wellness attributes. And then I joined mm-hmm. Power Reviews, which uh, is a provider of user-generated content uh, that supports retailers and brands. And and that's uh, where you get to meet my lovely daughter, too. Yes, right? that is yeah, true. That's exactly Anna. it. <laughs> yeah. So very small little world we have here. Uh, and in, in May of last year, my old friend, Pat Burke, who's the chief revenue officer at Fetch Rewards, came to me. He'd been actually a guest on our podcast, and we'd been friends for 15 years. It sounds clandestine, but we met in the lobby of the Fontainebleau Hotel in Miami 15 years prior and uh, had been had been good friends ever since. And he he was aware of obviously the podcast because he'd been on it. And he came yeah. to me and said, we love what you're doing. We want to provide you with an opportunity to continue that passion, but we think you'd be a great addition given your experience to join Fetch Rewards. Uh, I said, well, what do you want me to do? And he held up a blank piece of paper. Literally, he did this on on the Zoom call and said, well, let's write your job description. So when someone comes to you and offers you a job that you get to design and tells you that we're going to make accommodations for you to to follow your passion, that's a job you really jump right at. Dream job. (laughs) It really is. It really is. The great thing about it is I couldn't be happier. I think you we alluded to this earlier, but as we rec- as we uh, host this this conversation right now, yesterday we made an announcement that we closed another round of funding to the tune of two hundred and forty million dollars, led by Hamilton Lane. We have strategic invest. Thank you. We have strategic investments from great companies like Nielsen IQ that Sri referenced earlier, and even uh, Univision. Uh, which uh, is a, those two partners are great. Uh, they get us into the Hispanic market in a big way. And Nielsen IQ provides us such rich data understanding that will supercharge mm-hmm. the fact that we've got 13 million monthly active users who are capturing all their purchasing behavior at item level. And that becomes, um, well, and the people in the, in the CPG industry, it's like having a panel on steroids. So it's a big deal. But the great thing about it is the first thing that I did when I got there is I said to Pat, Pat, how familiar are you with Network of Executive Women? And he goes, <laughs> no, I'm really familiar. With it. I used to work at the Path to Purchase Institute. And I said, well, I think we should be we should be part of the conversation that they're advancing. And he said, I could not agree more. We reached out to your membership director, Julie, mm-hmm. and the rest is history. We're very pleased to say Absolutely. that Fetch Rewards oh. is a partner of next up as of January 1st. And the, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit, but my first goal once we were members was to assemble a steering committee that I was not driving, but that I was enabling. Right. That right. I put together a couple of great people, one of whom you know very well, Amy Roy from the Northeast. She's been Love very her. involved. <laughs> I know she's been involved in next up for quite some time. I, I put together a, a group of uh, three other women in the organization, and I said, I think you have the motivation to carry this forward. My job is to bulldoze through roadblocks that you face. 
It's mm-hmm. not to tell you what to do. It's not to uh, not to lead the charge. It's to make sure that you, no obstacles are in your way. And I'm very pleased to say we have implemented Next Up as a core practice in our organization. We couldn't be happier to partner with your organization. And it, it's uh, we're thrilled to be partnering with you and Fetch Rewards and Shri with you and you know in your company. Um, you know, these gentlemen, when we announced we were rebranding and really wanted to build that awareness, were the first to say, hey, come on our podcast and we'll share that story and great news. And so I'm gladly reciprocating. But um, PVSB, you have, there's there's a, a history here, you know, the, it, it, both you and Shri, it's, it's like allyship right? Mm-hmm. Servant leadership. Mm-hmm. It's embedded in your DNA, clearly. But, you know, you you had shared, you know, a great story about your grandmother and how she played a role in your life in influencing, you know, this perspective and all the great action that you take on behalf of other women. Yeah, my uh, I'll talk a little bit about my grandmother and kind of carry it into my mom. My grandmother graduated from Wellesley in 1908 and was the first trust officer at U.S. Trust in New York City that was that was a female. And my mother followed, uh, as did most of the women in my family, and they ended up going to Wellesley. My mother was probably my greatest inspiration. Um, she was valedictorian of Grover Cleveland High School in Caldwell, New Jersey. She was Phi Beta Kappa from Wellesley. She was a Woodrow Wilson fellow and earned her master's and her PhD in economics from Yale. She has an wow. advanced management degree from Harvard Business yeah. School and an honorary doctorate from the University of New Brunswick. So um, she's, uh, you know, in comparison, I'm woefully uneducated, but uh, I was always impressed with everything my mom could do. But I was also very aware of the roadblocks that she faced as she went up the corporate ladder. Uh, yeah. And and it frustrated me to no end to the point where I realized that were I ever in a position of authority, that I would do everything I could to overcome those obstacles, to break them down and not let them exist. You know, my mom, again, a couple notable things I want to say about her. There was a movie a couple of years ago that Ben Affleck was in called Argo, which was the story of the six Americans that made their way to the Canadian embassy, uh, pardon me, the Canadian ambassador's residence in Tehran. My mother at the time was the senior policy advisor to the the Minister of Employment and Immigration. She was one of a handful of about four people that knew about this. And her primary job was helping the Americans falsify the documents to make them look like they were Canadians to sneak them out of the country. Uh, And I remember that period of time because it was super secret around the house. My mother was under high stress, but uh, I'm so pleased to know that she was involved in helping get those Americans Mm -hmm. out of Tehran. Saving their lives. Yeah. Uh, the, The other big moment that makes me so proud of my mother is in 2008, she was awarded the Order of Canada. And that is the equivalent of the Presidential Medal of Freedom. She was a two time university president. She spent her entire career dedicated to education. Uh, and I've always looked at her as my role model. And I want to make sure that mm-hmm. everyone, regardless of their gender, their culture, has those kinds of opportunities. And that's why when I was first exposed mm-hmm. to Network of Executive Women, now next up, 
I knew this is a place that I felt at home and that I yeah. could let yeah. my voice speak. We are your people. Absolutely. Yeah. My tribe. Absolutely. Uh, indeed. So Shri, so Shri, do you have a female leader that inspired you or female leader oh. or individuals in plural? <laughs> very, very simple and easy, Sarah. I, I worked with Lisa Walsh from PepsiCo several years ago. Uh, <laughs> we kind of started the e-commerce journey together for PepsiCo, little known story in the industry. And uh, I heard about Network of Executive Women, and I always wanted to, in the last five years, approach you. But I didn't have the guts because I was like a VP at Revlon and J&J. And, you know, when the podcast started and uh, Lisa had moved on and uh, I got this new role at General Mills, I'm like, I got to approach. We, we, Peter, have to do this. It's in our heart. We got to play this out. And we got to have a meaningful voice in such a large podcast with such a large audience that we have. But a question people often ask me is, I moved to California from New York City, 2,500 miles, cross country, corner to corner, last year in August. And people ask me, why'd you move to California? Is it the weather? Is it the beaches? Is it the space of the house coming from an apartment in New York City? The answer is very simple. When uh, in February of uh, 2021, when I interviewed with, um, you know, I completed my interview cycle with General Mills and made the decision. The choice was either move to Minneapolis or live in New York City. New York City wasn't that hard to say yes or no. But the three women in my life, my two mm-hmm. daughters were both in the entertainment field. <laughs> and my wife said something very simple to me. And that's when it occurred to me. Holy cow, this is not me. This is how life is running in America for millions of people. They said, Dad, we followed your career for 25 years. You need to follow ours now. And guess where our career is based out of? Because my older daughter is an American Idol finalist now, signed to a publishing deal in Los Angeles. In fact, shooting a music video two weeks from today. And uh, her life is anchored out of here. My younger daughter, who was a spokesperson for Michelle Obama's Global Girls Alliance Foundation, also based out of Los Angeles in acting. My wife is an artist manager. Her entire business and career is based out of LA. And they were all doing these things remotely, getting on planes, and they said, Dad, you need to follow us. In March of 2021, we made a decision to visit California, saw a bunch of homes, and in August of 2021, we moved. I moved to California because the three women in my life told me that's where they want to build my career. Let it be known. I know nobody in Los Angeles. Of course, I'm making friends now, and the power <laughs> of networking to CPG guys, I know many people now, but that's why I moved. And now I have a beautiful addition of two more women in my life. My little cats, Zane and Zora, uh, who we who we just <laughs> oh. rescued from a shelter down here. So five women influence me every single day. And the mission remains the same. <clears throat> I've experienced, seen it in my own personal life. I now know that for 25 years, I had them move with me to different parts of the country. Yeah. I yeah. got to pay back. America, gender gap exists. We yeah. got to pay back, step up to the plate. End of story. Ugh. I love it. I love it. Um, so sadly, we must take a short commercial break. Um, please don't leave us anybody because um, we're going to shift this next 20, 25 minutes and we're going to talk about this incredible podcast, the CPG guys that you need to start listening to if you already aren't. And thank you so much if you have been listening to us this morning to our Advancing All Women radio show and podcast. 
You can always check us out at nextupisnow.org for more information on Next Up and all of our podcasts. So go get a fresh cup of coffee or tea and come back in just a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. For over 20 years, Next Up has been bringing professional women, allies, and corporate partners together to champion gender equity and advance all women in their careers. Together, we are a powerful, growing community of over 14,000 members and 300-plus regional and corporate sponsors. We work to create leadership opportunities, amplify women's voices in the workplace, and ensure that all women in business can seize opportunities in the now and in the next. Members of Next Up gain access to a broad community of like-minded professionals dedicated to women's equity and leadership development across our 21 regional communities. Get best-in-class leadership development opportunities and attend our two annual national conferences, which bring together the strongest minds in DEI and B and leadership. Join Next Up today. Visit nextupisnow.org slash membership to learn more about becoming a member. That's nextupisnow.org slash membership. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. There are lots of unanswered questions about life's problems, and this is especially true about spiritual life. Why can't we see God? Why is there evil in this world? Why does God let bad things happen to us and to others? Can we get divine help? Join Carl Mollison and co-host Brian Kelly for Get Wisdom. They have new answers from the Almighty you need to hear. And listening could definitely change your life. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Want to learn more about the show and about Next Up? Visit our website at nextupisnow.org. That's nextupisnow.org. Now, back to Advancing All Women. So welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Sarah Alter in the Advancing All Women radio show and podcast. And I am joined today by the incredible CPG guys, Sri Raja Gopalan, who built and led omni-channel activities at iconic consumer goods companies like Johnson & Johnson, PepsiCo, and Revlon. 
and Peter V.S. Bond, who established his extensive loyalty and data expertise at companies like Dunhumby, IRI, CVS Health, Priceline.com, and Fetch Rewards. And now what we're going to dive into is their podcast, The CPG Guys. Um, all righty. So PVSB and Shri, how did it come about? Like, give us the history of this podcast, because you clearly your your lives and your careers were very rich and fulfilling. And yet you're going to layer on top of it a whole nother adventure like a podcast. So tell us why. So um, one thing that I failed to mention up front, I owe you a thank you, Sarah. And that is thank you for your generosity of agreeing to come over to General Mills a week and a half from today. Oh, my pleasure. For oh. our uh, spring sales summit, aka our national sales meeting, and speak to us and inspire all of us, not just on gender and diversity, but also the importance of fairness, parity, and equality for everybody in America. So I can't so, wait personally. Thank you. You are a keynote featured speaker on day one. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and people are looking forward. CPG guys, how was it born? It's actually a very simple uh-huh. story, but before I tell you how, I'm going to tell you why CPG guys, because we often get asked, like, why is the name CPG guys? It's actually very straightforward. Yeah. We speak about the consumer package goods industry, CPG, and mm-hmm. we're two guys. And uh, we wanted to make sure today's world of gender pronouns, we can, we can clearly support that by saying guys. That's who we are. And hence the word CPG guys was born. And that's as easy as how mm-hmm. we named it CPG mm-hmm. guys. Yeah. Um, in 2019, I called Peter when I worked for Revlon and said, hey, do you want to write articles together? Because the mission has always been give back as much as you can. And LinkedIn was a platform where each mm-hmm. of us were giving back as much as we can in terms of sharing content, knowledge, things of that nature. I'm like, why not write articles together? We actually met at the lobby of the Chicago Marriott on 540, I think, division and uh, or Michigan, 540 Michigan. Yeah. And yeah. we conjured up a plan to actually write <clears throat> articles and share them, but that never went to fruition because we got busy with our day jobs. And then when I left Revlon in March of 2020, I called my kind of amazing friend who I've known for God knows how long at this stage, you know, probably day one in both our careers at IRI back in 1996. Believe it or not, we met on day one of our careers at IRI. And, uh, and um, day one out of coming out of college. And um, I asked him again, do you want to write articles? So we had this grandiose plan. We're going to write articles and we're going to shoot YouTube videos. So we shot and we'll speak to each other. We did that. And then we realized pretty quickly in three or four weeks, speaking to each other is fun, but it's not exactly doing what we want to do, which is share a bunch of knowledge that, that it's really yeah. got restricted to knowledge that Peter and I had. And then we said, maybe we should call our, very good friend, Brian Gildenberg, who is um, now the uh, uh, SVP of uh, commerce at Omnicom Commerce, uh, came from Kantar, one of the greatest public speakers. I think Peter and I have, I won't speak for Peter, but I know he'll acknowledge it. One Wait, of you're not going to speak for me? That's a change. There we go. <laughs> and, and one of the greatest public speakers we've ever seen, <clears throat> who's also keynoting at General Mills, by the way, in a week and a half on day two. And we asked him if he'd be willing to record a bunch of episodes with us. 
that's how the CPG guys was born. Then Peter called his friend Brian Sappington from Coca-Cola. Um, did I, I got that wrong? He's the first person me. I called was Neil Agarwal, who founded oh, Shop Talk, right. yeah, 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 and said, "Let's get him on." The second person I called was John Mount from Coca-Cola, who ran Sports Marketing, and begged him to come on the podcast. And then became <laughs> the competitive battle that Shri and I are always undergoing <laughs> to see how we can outdo each other with guests. And somewhere, I, so, so somewhere you, in there, I, we started to build an audience. Okay, I so, feel like I'm with a married couple here. <laughs> oh, we only stay together for the kids, Sarah. Stay together Let's be for honest. The kids. Peter's made it. Peter's made it very God. clear that we stay together for the kids. There's no debate over that. Between between the two of us, separate so bedrooms. So, so if you'll let me, Shree, uh, as as the legendary broadcaster Paul Harvey would say, and now the rest of the story. So. So Shri kind of covered it pretty well, but I want to add a little flavor to it. When we launched, as Shri mentioned, we launched as a YouTube, uh, as a YouTube video channel. And there were three things that became readily apparent. One, that yeah. YouTube was way too much of a active listening channel, that we needed something that people could listen passively. Exactly. And that they could digest and multitask. And that was clearly mm -hmm. podcast. So we made the decision to move to podcast format. As Shri mentioned, as much as we like to listen to each other talk, we realized that having other voices on would also be critically important. And so that's exactly. when we started inviting yeah. on Brian and Anil. It, and, and wait, and what year was that? that you guys This was in March. Podcast? This is in May of 2020. We literally right. started yeah. it, less than two years ago. And the yeah. third thing, and Shri didn't quite cover it uh, completely, the first name of our podcast was actually Consumer Engagement in an Omnichannel World. I know it rolls right off the tongue, easy to say, <laughs> but we realized that we needed catchy. something that was catchy, yeah. that was colloquial, yeah. and that was inviting. And when we, as Shri said, we identified ourselves as talking about the CPG industry and we're a couple of guys. And the, the guys aspect is not meant to be indicative that this is this podcast is designed for guys. It's men, it's purely meant to be descriptive of how we identify ourselves. But we thought with CPG guys, it's a couple of guys who just want to talk, we'll have a nice conversation, nothing too serious. And that's kind of how we have laced it into our into our conversations. We try to add a little humor, a little levity. We talk baseball. We tease each other about all sorts of things. And that's really just to get our guests and our audience comfortable because our primary focus is educating them on all sorts mm -hmm. of topics that we think are critically important, particularly at the time we launched the podcast. It was mm -hmm. right at the beginning of the pandemic. And there was massive transformation going on. We saw consumers of all demographics gravitating towards e-commerce where they'd never done that before. Everyone's trying to find their brands, their supply chain issues. So many topics to cover. We said, you know what we need to do? We need to do this to educate. And our goal is to bring the audience along. So if you listen to how we do this, we make sure that anyone throws out an acronym, they explain exactly what it is and they why it's important. And why, why is that critical? Because at the end of the day, if we don't do that, there are too many people that will tune out the minute they don't understand they're not part of the conversation. So we're very focused on making this an educational podcast. And the great thing about it is 
you know, somewhere in the process of late 2020, early 2021, the audience just really started to take off, particularly on LinkedIn, which is the platform we chose to amplify our audience. We're very pleased to say to this date, we have uh, almost 12,000 followers on LinkedIn. We're, we're, we're inching up towards where next up is. We know you've got a, you got a bit of a head start, but we're less than two years in. And, and from our standpoint, that's proven to be uh, quite a fruitful community where we get to talk about all the content we're creating and all the content we think is important. Yeah, but, you, but, but we're clearly your younger sister. You're the, you're the older brothers because you like your your you know podcast following. Talk about that. Share those stats because you absolutely have built a so, huge and engaged community. A couple of things, Sarah, that I want to just quickly point out. You know, because we we refer to the term CPG guys, right? We did get a lot of advice that the term guys is actually not inviting to a handful of people. So I want to, I want to take a minute and point a couple of things out in November of every year, 2020 and 21, Peter and I made a donation on behalf of CPG guys to the Susan G. Komen fund. Mm -hmm. And we got each year, we got a participant, a corporate participant to actually match our donations, um, which we're very proud of November, 2020, and 2021, we proudly also did our women's series, uh, female leaders and corporate leaders in America series on the CPG guys. And for Women's History Month, which in this month that just passed by March 2022, six out of eight guests were female leaders in, in, the, in corporate America, startups. We made sure to feature yeah. uh, one such young lady that I had met in my journey at PepsiCo and Revlon through a company called Mayavana, Candice Mitchell Harris. We also, uh, we, we make sure, we make sure that the mission of diversity is pretty clean. So I wanted to point that out. Mm -hmm. From mm -hmm. a stats perspective, Sarah, uh, Peter and I know that we are one of the most downloaded podcasts today in the CPG industry. Because when we go about our day jobs, whether we meet other CPG colleagues or whether we meet people <laughs> in the industry through retail or service providers, they, they tell us so. And they, they, kind enough to thank us for what we do. And um, about a year and change ago, we no longer had to source guests. They started calling us and asking, can I come on? And now we are at a stage where we get three to five a day and we have to qualify who it is. And we've got a qualification process because we talk to people in advance. We want to make sure that their mission is the same as ours, which is share knowledge, share the information that's valuable to the CPG industry and it's not self-serving at all whatsoever. And um, that process we put into place, it works pretty well. And little known other fact is we even uh, interview our, uh, those who come on the show in advance to make sure the questions we ask, they've got the answers and the mission hasn't changed one bit from day one, which is share, 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 educate, educate, educate. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not be the only ones that have been lucky enough to learn. Yeah, no, and I and and I love that you know diversity is a cornerstone to all that you talk about, and you you know are are intentionally including all of the diverse perspectives. Absolutely love that. So, have you hit the two hundred thousand yet? You're, oh, in probably, terms of downloads, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we we're yeah. we're actually we're closing in on three hundred thousand at this point, and nicely we, we are about to publish our our two hundredth episode. We're we're about eight episodes shy of that, and 
it's just been very exciting. And, and honestly, the, you know, the LinkedIn community in particular is tremendous. The fact that we have, and if you look at, if you look at who mm-hmm. the people are that are following us, because we've been able to do that mm-hmm. on LinkedIn. Yeah. If you look at, if you aggregate people at the companies they work for, our top 20 are all blue chip retailers and manufacturers and data providers that you would know by name. It's it's the people in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. it's the people in Chicago, it's the people mm-hmm. in, in Purchase New York and Atlanta. They're all big brands, the people down in Bentonville, the people in Seattle. I'm not going to throw out all the names, but I think we all know who they are. And the great thing is, to Shree's point, they they let us know. They are constantly reaching out to us. I, was, I tell this story in October of last year. I was flying out to L.A. to see Shree. I was standing in a TSA line. At Hartford International Airport, it was 5.30 in the morning. I was wearing a mask, and there were no other distinguishing characteristics about me. A woman walked up to me in line and said, excuse me, are, one of the, are you one of the CPG guys? And I was kind of a taken back, and I said, yes, I am. She goes, oh, my God, I thought it was you. I knew you lived in Connecticut. I was listening to your episode with Mars on the drive to the airport this morning, and she fangirled me for five minutes, and I was just... <laughs> I was in shock. And now the one thing I will say is you can't let this go to your head because two minutes later after she left, another woman came up to me in line and leaned over and said, excuse me, sir. And I said, this can't be happening again. And she quietly whispered into my ear, uh, sir, your fly is open. You may want to zip it up. So, <laughs> so we have to do our best to just uh, keep ourselves honest. Shree and I do a good job so, of So no of security yet? Home. No, no security no, no, no. needed. Okay. No, not yet. But <laughs> but it's great when we go. I was just at the Shop Talk conference out in, yeah. in LA and Ashree was down at FMI. And uh, everybody knows who we are. And it's really great hearing from the audience. As the, they best, should. The, the most appreciated thank you that we that we get that well, the most appreciative response we get from people was when they thank us for always asking the question that they wanted to know. And for never letting a term go by that we don't break down. Because I remember our second episode, right. our very second episode, Shree used a term that I'd never heard of called ROAS. ROAS stands for return on advertising spent. It's a metric yes. that is very familiar to anyone who does digital advertising at Amazon. I'd never done that. And so I asked Shree in the moment, what does ROAS mean? And he broke it down for me. Yeah. We get in this habit in our industry of using terms that we're familiar with and we expect everyone else should be. I, I sit in a meeting at Fetch with the, the marketing department. They throw a slide up and there are three letters at the top, CAC. And they keep saying CAC, CAC, CAC. And I say to them, you know what? We've got a, we're growing at such a massive rate. Can you just spell out customer acquisition cost on the header and help bring them along on the journey? Because yeah. we don't want to tune yeah. them out. And that's really how we focus the podcast. It, it, okay. So in that spirit, and, and I love that because I, I share that same philosophy and that we always want to make sure we're educating our audience. Like they walk away with two or three newfound, you know, pieces of knowledge. What are the three key things that I'm in the CPG industry? I'm a leader. What should be top of mind for me? Like, as I think about where I need to be, not where I should be today, but where I'm going to need to be right in the spirit of next stop. So what are the, 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 like the three key topics that if you don't know about it, educate yourself. Number one, Sarah, no debate. I'm going to repeat this again, as I did prior to the show's uh, um, break. 
this is a very old industry, if not one of the oldest industry. Manufacturing products and supplying it to consumers via retail is a 150-year-old institution. Mm-hmm. And um, the industry hasn't focused on gender diversity and diversity in a way that for the last 15 years it has, and it's trying. But the aspects of has it landed the plane yet are, are still, I would say, well on its way. If there's one thing in this industry that people should know, step up to the plate, take personal ownership and deliver, it is diversity of all kinds. Focus on getting diversity of all kinds. But I also add the word inclusion to it. It's diversity and inclusion. Yeah. On the diversity yeah. side, it's about the equality and the uh, and the gaps, gender gap, POC gap. On the inclusion side, it's about making sure every voice is heard and asking people in rooms who don't generally have this flamboyant nature of speaking as three people in this podcast may uh, for their opinions and making them feel included no matter who they are, what backgrounds they come from. Yeah. The yeah. second one says, so that's, that's important. And on that accord, Sarah, I do want to ask your audience and request your audience as well as the CPG guys audience this year, as we get to November, um, while Peter and Sri will continue to make donations and work with a corporate matching partner for Susan G. Komen, we will open it up for donations to anybody who wants to, um, mm-hmm. on behalf of the CPG guys and next up in November, so we can truly bring more performance with purpose to the Susan G. Komen Fund. Mm-hmm. Second thing, Sarah, is mm-hmm. I don't think it's debatable any further. Our industry is one of the last to play catch-ups, grocery and digital. Digital is changing everything anchored by tech. Mm-hmm. What used to be largely picked products off the shelf in a cart, now is heavily anchored to browsing, buying, and then picking up in store via curbside pickup. Doesn't mean the store has gotten less relevance in my day job. That's 85% of what I do. But digital is influencing everything around us through tech. The third one is retail media and its new meaningful way of how it's arrived by a retailer, which is completely a shifting force of how media is viewed. Media used to be radio, television. Google, Facebook. And if I thought about a marketing funnel, all of that was about audience acquisition. And there wasn't a way to connect audience acquisition to a sale, mm-hmm. a point of sale. What retail media does on an actual retailer's website is does full funnel marketing from an act from acquiring a consumer all the way to helping check out the consumer and booking a transaction. And so Peter and I on the CPG guys, we made it our mission to talk a lot about retail media because it's a, it's a force in the industry yeah. and it's yeah. going to be here whether we want to accept it or not. And and lots of us aren't trained on it. So we naturally tend to, oh yeah, it's that thing on the side. Three years ago, a lot of us said that about digital or e-commerce. What is this nonsense? It's like 2% of my business. Lo and behold, COVID came and everything changed. So those, yeah. those my learning tells me, Sarah, those are like the, forces and that's why we talk about it a lot on the cpg guys peter yeah yeah uh, i'll add to that list my three uh i probably would have chosen retail media at the top but trees covered that shoppable media is very critically important to understand full funnel shoppable media this means the old days when you were doing programmatic advertising brands were loath to have the buy button on that digital advertising you know the 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 jury is in uh, it does not detract from brand building. So when you're going to push out media, 
Don't just push it out and hope that someone does something with that media. Enable them to buy it. Enable them to buy it by sending them to a store that actually has the product in inventory in real time, not just they sold the product once in the last four weeks. Like you got to make sure that your product locator, particularly in this day when we have supply chain issues, is absolutely attuned to real-time inventory. And you need to, or you need to direct them to a site where they can buy it online if they can't buy it from you and you're not doing direct to consumer. So shoppable media, very important. Number two, first party data. Brands are hungry to build customer journey maps and calculate lifetime value. They can't do that without first party consumption data. And if they're not Mm -hmm. doing a large part of their business in direct to consumer, like digitally native brands are, the problem is, is a lot of retailers don't have that. Well, they have the data. They're certainly not willing to share it with brands. And so sourcing first party data to help fuel your customer engagement strategy is critically important. That's Frank, you know, uh, in all in all transparency, you know, I work for Fetch Rewards. That's our core business. I think it's very valuable. And obviously, a lot of investors did, which is why we just had a successful round of funding. And I think the third one, I can't emphasize it enough, is make sure that, um, that you listen to as many different voices mm-hmm. in the strategies that you make uh, and encourage everyone around you to have an opportunity to speak and understand and support that and ask that, you know, don't stop them from, from speaking, ask questions, encourage them. That is what I think every successful leader in our industry should be doing. And to Shree's point, send the elevator back down, bring them back up. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, I mean, we all clearly in the last two years, we had to lead, right. In a different way. (laughs) We had to live our lives in a different way. And, and, I knowledge has a shelf life. So being able to tap into an incredible podcast like yours, you know, you can continually educate yourself on, okay, what, you know, what are the issues and opportunities, you know, that I can, I can be exploring. Um, thank you so much, both of you for joining me this morning. Um, I think everybody has, has seen and heard, you know, one, you are incredible male allies and and so appreciate the support and partnership you give to next up and two you know i think they've they've heard and realized they absolutely need to be religiously listening um, to your podcast i i want to thank voice america for always giving us this opportunity to share the next up story and and like i said earlier shine the spotlight on amazing leaders such as PVSB and Shri. Um, Next week, we're going to be back and we're going to be talking about alternate paths to becoming a CEO. Who wouldn't want to hear about that topic, right? You can always find more information on Next Up at nextupisnow.org and all of our amazing podcasts. So again, thank you everybody for listening. I'm Sarah Alter. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Be sure to tune in again next week. Our program is live every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment or catch our replays weekly on Voice America Influencers. Until we talk again, enjoy your week.